You guys doing good today? Good. Um, Even if you're not, this is a place for you. Don't have to pretend, don't have to put on a mask here. It is our, um, our utmost concern, kind of as a, a staff, as a leadership at Ethos, uh, that our family here, man, that we love Jesus and we live just like him. That there is nothing more important to our heart uh, that as a church, that, that each of us, man, that, that we love Jesus and we do the, the very things that we saw him do, the very things that, that he is doing. And so all throughout the Bible, someone who, who, who loves Jesus, someone who follows in his very footsteps is referred to as a disciple. And as a family here at Ethos, we're going to take the next several months and we're just going to very intently look at Jesus. And we're going to look at what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And then each week, we're going to put into practice very tangibly something every week for the next six months, something that we read to help us further in our journey becoming disciples. You know, growing up, um, maybe you had a favorite school teacher. Uh, one of my favorite school teachers was Miss Shoemaker in third grade. And uh, the thing that I loved about Miss Shoemaker, a couple things. The first thing is that she just cared about us so much. Uh, I remember this one time I was not feeling very well, I had a headache, and I remember her um, going to the teacher's lounge and her taking her own money and, and buying me a, a snack, because she, she told me, she said, hey, when my kids are sick, it always helps to, to give them Sprite, it kind of helps their headaches. And when I think about Miss Shoemaker, I think about this person who, who didn't just, it wasn't just her job to teach us, it was her job to love us, and she knew that. But what else, the other thing that I love about her is that she just was this phenomenal teacher, and she cared so much about teaching us math. And so every day she would come to work and she would just teach and teach and teach. Not just, not just so that we would know what math is, but so that we could learn math and, and use it in our lives. You see, she had this understanding. She knew that if, if we learned it and if we implemented it, it would be useful for the rest of our, our very real lives. As a family here at Ethos, man, we, we never just want to come into this place and read stories about Jesus. We don't just want to come into this place and, and talk about Jesus and think about Jesus because what we believe is that the best life comes when you and I start to implement the things that we learn, when we start to put into practice the things that we're hearing and seeing. So for the next several months, you know, as a family, we're going to be taking a step every single day into being his disciples. We also believe that being a disciple is not this individual pursuit. It's not something that we leave and we go and try harder by ourselves, that this is a communal pursuit. So I'm super excited about what this journey is going to look like for us as we kind of embrace this idea of, of everyday discipleship. That being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus, isn't just something that's confined to Sundays. It is something that it bleeds into Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. And so as a church, we're going to take a step in this direction. I love the story that we're going to start out this series with this morning in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. And I want us just to, to hear the story. I want it to wash over. Some of you ever heard this story before. Some of you maybe have, some of you haven't. I want us just to hear it together, and then we're going to kind of go through it and walk by it verse by verse. Luke chapter 10, starting verse 38, it's on page 725, using one of our Bibles. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
Jesus and them came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Hear this story, Ethos. This is the word of the Lord from Luke 10. Let's kind of walk through this verse by verse. Starting verse 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. And I love the way this, this story starts. You know, it doesn't tell us where Jesus and his disciples explicitly are going, but it tells us they show up in this neighborhood and we're introduced to this amazing woman named Martha. This is the first time in scripture that Martha and Jesus have an encounter, at least that we're told of. I was thinking this week as I was kind of trying to listen and prepare for this morning, I, I wonder how Martha had heard of Jesus. I wonder if she ever got to be in his presence. I wonder if Martha ever got to, to be in a moment where Jesus miraculously healed someone who was sick. Or I wonder if she was a working woman and had to work on Sundays. She was never able to make the road trip up to Cincinnati where Jesus was going to be. But her coworkers had. They had seen him, they had heard of him, they had came back every Monday morning telling her about this Jesus. Jesus shows up in Martha's village and she invites Jesus into her home. Just think about that for a minute. When is the last time you invited someone that you'd met one time into your home? We're pretty selective on who comes in. We don't just let anyone come into our house. We see something beautiful in Martha here that, that there is some trust in Jesus, enough trust to invite her, him into her sacred place. I love Jesus in this story. Don't miss this. He accepts the invitation. And I wonder what Jesus had planned for that day. Here's what I love so much about our risen King Jesus, man. When, when one woman invited him in, he said yes. He wasn't busy for one who would welcome him into their lives. Verse 39, Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so we're introduced to this amazing woman named Mary, Martha's sister. I love the details that were given about her in this story. It tells us that she is sitting at his feet. She's not sitting on the couch beside Jesus. She's not sitting on equal uh, level, uh, level ground. She's, she's sitting at his feet. She's literally sitting on the floor next to his dirty feet. It's this humble position. This position of giving him much honor. And don't miss this detail. It says that, that she's listening to him. 
to just sitting and listening. Have you ever been around someone that's just a, a great listener? Think about someone in your life right now that's a good listener. You know, the reality is that the majority of us, we're great talkers. We'll just talk, 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 right? Like, go to coffee and I could just dominate a conversation. I've got an hour's worth of stuff to say easy. But there's something about listening. I don't know if you guys know Amos and Ann. It's one of my favorite things about them. That you get the sense that that they actually are hearing what you're saying. And Mary, this, this woman, she's, she's sitting on the floor. You just imagine like her, her hands underneath her chin just, just listening to Jesus. Just clinging to every word that he speaks. I wonder what Mary heard that day. Over the things that were coming out of Jesus' mouth that so engaged her heart and her mind. You know, I can only imagine that, that Mary and Martha had kind of broken up some responsibilities. Like, Martha invites Jesus in, hey, Mary, will you help us supper? Absolutely. Okay. Mary, here's what I need you to do you're in charge of the potatoes, and you're in charge of the salad, and you're in charge of setting the table. And what happened in this moment? What was going on in her mind? What were the words that were being spoken that completely elevated Mary to this different place where she was unconcerned that her tasks were not being finished because she was sitting and soaking in the presence of Jesus? You ever been in a conversation that so gripped your heart, that so gripped your mind that you just were tunnel vision into what they were saying? just oblivious to everything else that is going on around you? We're told that Martha was distracted. Literally, the word there in the Greek says her mind was pulled away. Before we demonize Martha, think about what she's experiencing. There are at least 15 people that are in her home. So Jesus plus the 12 disciples plus Mary and Martha, 15. I think that's math. Thanks, Ms. Shoemaker. Like, there's 15 there. Could be more. You know, when's the last time you had 15 people over to your house and you cooked all the food? I remember talking to people in my house church several years ago who lived in Africa for a little while and they were telling me about how difficult and strenuous preparing a meal was. We live in a culture where Edley's can cater and that's a phone call away or you can go to the grocery and get all the ingredients that you need and preparing a meal is, is hard now. It took me 45 minutes to make Pioneer Woman waffles yesterday morning. Like, they were fantastic. But, but imagine you don't have an electric oven. You don't have your, your KitchenAid mixer. Imagine preparing a meal from scratch for 15 people and doing it all by yourself. Let's keep going. Verse 40, Martha's distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked... Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. You can just hear it in her voice that she's frustrated, not just with Mary, but with who? Jesus. That's pretty bold. 
I think this is true. You know, we, we typically think things through before we say them, right? If you don't, maybe you should start practicing that, like save you some trouble. Before things ever come out of our mouth, we process, we process, we process. And, and you can just imagine the thoughts that are in her head as she's like in the kitchen. Doesn't Jesus care that I'm working to serve him? Doesn't he care that I'm giving so much of my effort and my energy just for him? Why doesn't he tell her to help me? Doesn't he see how much I'm doing for him? And don't even get me started on Mary. <laughs> that lazy, forgetful, irresponsible. I can't wait for Jesus to leave so I can tell her what I think. Because we all know that we wait for the guests to leave and then the gloves come off, right? Like, <laughs> you're guilty. You knew what I'm talking about. Martha's frazzled, probably tired, angry, maybe bitter, hoping to be noticed, and she speaks when she can't keep it in anymore. Listen to what Jesus says. Martha, Martha. I don't think this is in condemnation. I think it's in compassion. Martha, Martha. You were worried. You were anxious. You were upset about many things. I love that Jesus notices Martha. In the middle of him speaking, him teaching Mary, he, he notices Martha. He sees her and he knows her. I love that he knows what's going on in her heart. He sees all the things that are making her anxious and upset and worried and he can read her like a book. The same way that Court can read me, my wife, she knows when something's going on in here. Jesus looks at this woman and he loves her and he knows her. Verse 41, you're worried, upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. And we see something so beautiful in Jesus here. He says, Martha, you're, you're worried about many things, but there's only one thing that is necessary. Kayla, there's a lot going on in your life, but there's only one thing that's necessary. Dylan, there's a lot going on in your life, but there's only one thing that's necessary. Joe, there's a lot going on in your life, but there's one thing that is necessary. That we be a people who listen to Jesus because we love him. Jonathan, there's many things going on in your heart. There's one thing that is necessary. Doug, there's one thing that's going on in your life. There's many things going on in your life. There's one thing that's necessary. That we be a people that listen to Jesus because we love him. I want to help pull the story down into our lives a bit help, and help us see how I think this invites us into greater life and faith with Jesus. And so I want us to look at Martha and Mary and then Jesus. And so Martha, here, here's what I love about Martha. Um, she took the initiative in pursuing Jesus. 
that she went to Jesus. She sought Jesus out. She invited Jesus into her home. She spent her money on groceries. She spent her time preparing this feast for Jesus. I love the assertiveness. I love the activation. I love the go-getterness, if that's a word, of Martha. There are a lot of areas in my life where I, I want to be more like Martha, where I'm just too passive. What courage, what amazing faith deep in the life of Martha. Yet here's what we notice about Martha. Although she was in his presence, she was not present. That although she was in his presence, she was not present. And Ethos, I think this is a snapshot of, of many of our lives. That many of us, man, we've, we've been pursuing him for a long time. You assert yourself. You, you come every Sunday morning. You're plugged into a house church. You're on a volunteer team. You get here early and, and you make it your goal to make other people feel welcome. Yet I wonder how many of us connect way more with Martha than we do with Mary. That we spend a lot of time in the presence of Jesus, but we're not present. That we come here with the best of intentions. We show up on Tuesday night at our friend's house church over in East Nashville with the best of intentions. And yet we're distracted. We find our hearts being weighed down with, with work and life and kids and job and school and the future, and we find ourselves being distracted by many things. And I get Martha. I am Martha in a lot of ways. This week, Court and I are just kind of talking through some things and making some decisions in our life, our family, trying to just wrestle through some stuff. And my confession has been to her, and we've talked about this so much, that, that I, I know that, that, man, I want to be this amazing man that's just locked into Jesus, and, and, and I want to love our church, and I want to love my wife, and I want to love my kids, and I want to be a great friend. And yet this week, I found myself just being distracted from all these things, and I've just been f fixated on this just one kind of decision that we're trying to wrestle with. This is a good thing, but it's not the best thing. And I've just been wrestling with, man, I've, I've been anxious, I've been waking up, and, and it's been consuming my thoughts, and instead of sitting and talking to people, my mind has been somewhere else. You know what I'm talking about in those moments where, where you're with somebody, but you're not with them. And I get Martha. I know what it's like to be distracted. I, I know what it's like to, to also this other side of Martha, to, to want to, to do something for Jesus. Martha didn't want to just order pizza for Jesus. No, she, she was making homemade chicken and dumplings from scratch with all these sides. It's like she, she wanted to give her best to Jesus. And I wonder how many of us relate to that. We find ourselves trying to do something for Jesus instead of sitting at his feet. good things. Leading house churches, volunteering, being a good neighbor, being, you name it. Are we doing these things, neglecting 
sitting and listening. So easy to get here in life. I'm not going to throw a stone at Martha because, well, I am Martha. If this is you, I'm not going to throw a stone at you. But I wonder, I wonder what Martha missed in this moment. Because she didn't slow down to listen. There's Mary. She's sitting in silence. Locked in to the words and the presence and the person of Jesus. And this struck me so hard this week. That we're not supposed to read this story and be like, oh, how amazing is Mary? She's so special and unique. No, what hit me is that the invitation is for for each of us to, to be just like Mary, that the opportunity that has been given to us is to listen to Jesus, to, to hear from God. That this isn't just a, a, a gift that is given to those who have everything figured out in life, and it's not just to, to the most holy, and it's not just to, to whoever it is that you think about who is better than you in their spiritual journey. The, the opportunity to hear from Jesus is made available to every single person. If you're nothing else today, what I hope you hear is that you were made to hear from God. Not just hear from God through me or through Aaron or through Dave or through whoever is preaching. You're not just made to hear from God through podcasts, through people. You were entitled, you were made to hear from your maker. You were invited to be Mary. And also realize that, that we come into this text, we come into this, as I, as I say those words to us, that, that we're made to hear from Jesus, that we come into this place with, with assumptions that, that keep this story at arm's length. That some of us, we come into this place and, and deep in our hearts, the things that we believe, they keep us from receiving the truth of this text. For some of us, the, the assumption as we come in this place is that Jesus is not real. That he is not alive, this atheistic assumption. It keeps some here from from believing, receiving this. For, for some in this room, it's a deistic assumption. This idea that, that God doesn't speak, that, that you believe that, that God got the world in motion like a basketball got it spinning on his finger and then put it into orbit and God just kind of been sitting back watching, not interacting, not involved, not speaking, just seeing what happens. And some of us come in to this place with the assumption that, that God, though he created, he's not involved. It keeps us from believing that, that we could hear from God. For some of us, the assumption is one of experience. You come in this place and you go, man, God has never spoken to me before. So because my experience uh, says that this has never happened, I don't believe it. Some of us come in this place. It's a moralistic assumption. That you know how bad you are and you go, man, God doesn't speak to bad people. He would never speak to me. And we come into this place with all these assumptions. My assumption for a long time is that I believe God would speak, but I was so afraid of what he would say to me. 
And so it's, it's kind of funny, but uh, a lot of us, we, we come here on Sundays and, and our, our fingers are put in our ears. And we never give God a chance. Let me share the, the gospel. Let me tell the gospel of the story. Let me tell you about the reality of who Jesus is. This is not an assumption. This is the revealed truth about who Christ is, that there is one who came, and his name is Jesus. He was the son of God. And the entirety of Jesus' life was spent listening to his father. It was more than just one moment in a living room. The entirety of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the entirety of his life was locked into the Father's heart and the Father's words and the Father's will and Jesus listened and he listened and he listened and he listened and he listened unto death. And he listened as his father said, no, it's my will that you go on the cross. It's, it's my will that you die for the, the people. And Jesus listened and he listened and he listened. He listened unto death. He listened three days later when the father called him back to life, called him out of death. Where Jesus Christ rose triumphantly, putting to death our sins, putting to death our death so that you and I could live and walk in forgiveness and grace and righteousness. Jesus listened as the Father called him back to his side in heaven. And Jesus is still listening. One day the Father will, will say, go back and get my people. And here's what I want us to see about the the story that we see in scripture about who Jesus is. That this is not a sermon about, hey, let's go and try harder to listen. No, I want you to understand that there was one who listened perfectly on our behalf, who was fully obedient, who, who fully sat at the feet of, of, of the Father. So that you and I, when, when we come to this reality that, that we want to be like Mary, that we want friendship with God, we want to know God, we want to walk with God, we want to hear from God. Jesus listened on our behalf so that when you and I decided, hey, we're ready to be in this, there's a way. And I hope you hear this. No matter how long you've been gone, no matter how far you've run, no matter what you've done, Jesus listened perfectly for you. So that you wouldn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops and, and earn your way back into the Father's family. That all you'd have to do is to sit at his feet and listen. Oh, and I love Jesus, the, the hero of this story. Let's not fix our eyes on Mary and Martha. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who was willing to come when he was invited. Oh, what a picture of the king. But know this, when he comes... He will teach. And the question that we have to wrestle with this morning, Ethos, is, is will we listen? Will we listen? God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks through the scripture he speaks through the silence that the Holy Spirit whispers into our hearts. He speaks through other believers, other people sharing. The God delights in speaking to us. 
and he speaks often and he speaks beautifully and when he speaks, it will change your life. I'm just telling you. I love the thing that Will had us pray for, this idea of, of faith, that, and, and that hit me. I'm going, man, I think that some of us come in this place, and we just, the, the barrier, the thing that I'm trying to convince you of this morning, because it's rooted in the scripture, is that you were made to hear from God, so quit telling yourself that you're not. Oh, I want to just share here forever. What time is it? I need to get done. When God's, when I've started to understand that God longs to speak to Brandon, I think the past two years have honestly just kind of been the first time where I've started to step in and believe this. I've been a Christian for, man, a long time, 19 years. And yet only in the past two years have I started welcoming God's words to me. And I'm just telling you, it, it's changed me. I spent a lot of my life, man, going, God, speak whatever you want in my life, but, but only if it's good. Don't give me any hard words. <laughs> Don't lead me to any passage of scripture. Don't let anyone have a word for me that's going to, 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 to be a hard word. And what I realize is that in a lot of areas of my life, I keep my fingers in my ears because I don't believe that the Father really loves me. I don't really believe that his words lead to repentance and life and swimming in a life of grace. And here's the thing, when the only thing that I've done the past two years is I just believe that that God wants to speak. And so I've started sitting down Literally, I just open my, my journal, open my, this book that I have, and I just listen. I saw this in Dave, that Dave's been doing this for a long time. I go, man, maybe I need to do this. Like, and so I just sit down and say, God, would, would you just speak to me today? And I invite us to, to be people that believe that God speaks. I've been so blessed by the, the scriptures that God has, has spoken into my life very clearly. I think about my friend Nathan who, who goes to Marathon and uh, there was a, a time a couple months ago where I was just walking in absolute fear. Just fearful, just deep in my heart and he sends me this email. Hey man, just thought I was supposed to tell you. I wanted to share this verse with you from Isaiah chapter 41. It says, do not fear. I'm with you. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. A couple hours later, I'm going through the daily Bible reading plan. What's my verse for that day? I get a call that night from one of my coworkers. Hey, man, knowing what's going on in your life, just wanted you to know I was thinking about you. You're not supposed to be fearful. What? And we start opening our lives up to, to, for God to speak. What we find is that there is encouragement, that there is comfort, that there is strength, that our Father delights when his kids start listening to him. And there's nothing special about me. I can't emphasize this more. If you knew the man I was, if you knew the man that I still am in so many ways, you'd go, man, you're worse than I am. Seriously. The Father speaks to us not based on our credentials. 
He speaks to us to draw us closer to him. Man, he's so good. Here's what I want us to do as we wrap up. I'm gonna invite Will to come up and uh, Will's gonna just play some music for us for five minutes. I know that we're all in different spiritual uh, places in our spiritual journeys and I just wanna kind of speak into a few different areas. And so if you come in this morning and you do not believe in Jesus, you don't follow him, you're not a disciple, but if you come in this place and, and you're willing to seek him, you're willing to kind of pull the, the metaphorical fingers out of your ears and listen, as, as Will is just playing for us, I just want to invite you to wrestle with this one question. You don't have to talk to anybody about this. I just want you to process this in your mind. If Jesus is real, do you want him in your life? If you're not a believer, I want you to think about that question as Will just plays. If you're not, if Jesus is real, do you want him in your life? And here's what's cool. If you do, just invite him. This is not some magic prayer, but just some words that I think he was just laying on my heart to maybe share. If you are interested in becoming a follower of Jesus, literally, as you're sitting there, you're pondering that question, and you go, yeah, I want Jesus. Like, just say this prayer, Jesus, come into my life. Come into the house. Come all the way in. I want to know you. I want friendship. I want to be like Mary. And after five minutes, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to send us to communion. And if you want to talk or pray, you can come to the respond. There'll be several men and women up here that would love to process with you. Some of us come here this morning and you are so aware of how distracted you've been. You've just been missing it. If you are a follower of Jesus and this is your case, this is the best news possible. Just repent. Just repent. I understand forgiveness much more now as a father, having two little kids of my own. A couple weeks ago, my little girl, Finley, she's three. I can't even remember what she did to me. This is um, how good of a dad I am. I've already forgiven her and forgotten about it. But uh, she, she did something to me, and, um, and I could tell it. Like, um, it bothered her that she did this, and, and I showed her. I mean, Finley, that hurt. I can't believe you, you did that to me. And she came, and she hugged me, and I just realized kind of in that moment that, that I want this to be done now. I'm not going to hold this over her. I want it to be water under the bridge. I don't want to just keep bringing this up. I don't want her to, to carry around the shame or whatever it is from, for hurting her daddy. I want her to walk knowing that her daddy has forgiven her. And some of us come in this place, and you just need to know as a son and daughter of God, the, the grace of the Lord Jesus is waiting to be poured out on you. Just repent. Just quit living a life of, of busyness and rush and sit at his feet, okay? And for all of us who want to be more like Mary... I'm going to invite us to try something for the next five minutes here, and then I'm going to invite us to give us a little homework, a little discipleship practice for us to do uh, starting Monday morning. And so here's what we're going to do in the next five minutes. We're just going to sit in silence and just listen. Crazy, isn't it? It'd be ridiculous for us to talk about listening and then never listen. I invite you to pull out your phones. I invite you to pull out a piece of paper. I invite you to, to pull out something. And for the next five minutes, I'm literally just going to set a timer on my phone for five minutes. Just listen to Jesus. He might put a passage of scripture. He might give you a word for you. He might give you a word for someone else. I just want us to listen. And I was talking to Jan earlier. I'm going, man, this is amazing that, that God delights when his people sit at his feet and he speaks. And, and, and don't blow this out of proportion. Like some of you, you might sit in silence and nothing might happen. Praise God that you had the discipline to be like Mary in this moment. So we're going to sit and we're going to listen. 
I'm going to get back up in just a, after five minutes and, and uh, send you to communion. And if you hear something or hear, uh, you feel like God's putting something on your heart, there's going to be some of us up front respond, man. We'd love to help you discern it. So that's for us right now. And here's our homework for the week. Three words, scripture, silence, sharing. Scripture, silence, sharing. I'm going to invite you just to, to read scripture every day this week. You want to know what to read? I've been reading 1 Corinthians this past week. It's been lighting my heart on fire. Read two chapters a day of 1 Corinthians. You don't have to do that. You can read anything you want in the Bible. I just encourage you, if you're looking for somewhere to start, just, just read the Bible this week. Just every day, just go, man, I'm, I'm going to do it. Second thing I'm going to invite you to do is to, after you read scripture, just to sit in silence for 10 minutes. Would you take 10 minutes every day this week and, and just listen, pull out a piece of paper, expect God to speak. Then I invite you to share, share what you hear. Maybe God's going to put a word on your heart for you or a passage of scripture for you. Maybe he's going to put a passage on your heart or a word for someone else. And I go, what an amazing thing that God would use us to encourage each other. And let's just be honest. Uh, you might have a terrible week of reading scripture. It might feel so disconnected. And sitting in silence for 10 minutes, you might want, like, you would rather have a root canal than do that. And I have no idea what the week's going to look like, but I'm just inviting us. Would we try this as disciples? Everyday discipleship, scripture, silence, let's share. So I'm going to invite us for the next five minutes. Let's just sit. Let's just listen to what Jesus might have for us. Ask him to speak into your life and expect him to. We'll get back up in five minutes, send us to communion.
I invite you guys to stand with me. I'm going to pray for us, send us to communion. Go and take the bread, drink the cup, let's just worship. I just invite you to come back and stand and take the bread and cup and just worship as Will and Kay lead us. If you want to talk or pray, give your life to you, so we put with the respond banner. Let's pray. Um, God, I just sense you wanted me to share that, that we are your beloved, um, that we are yours and you love us.